Hello, dear listener. This is a, well, let's just call it a request. Uh, this is a audio version of the Star Trek recap that Adam and I did to put out as a YouTube video. We're releasing it here on this feed for a couple of reasons. Number one, because nobody knows about our YouTube channel and also to kind of test out this whole uh, anchor ad thing that we're working on. So um, uh, that this particular episode here, the audio version will have an anchor ad in it, just so you know. However, I have a request. Back to that. Remember that? Yeah, I have a request. If you could possibly look in the show notes, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it. We can't actually get the vanity URL of like youtube.com slash mix minus until we have a hundred subscribers. So if you could help us out, if you, even if you don't use YouTube, uh, hardly ever, just go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't have to get the notifications or anything, but just go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd like to start doing some more YouTube stuff. Um, but in order to do that, we kind of have to get some of the basics out of the way first. So I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you listen to this lovely episode uh, that we recorded, uh, the recap of season one, episode one of Star Trek colon Lower Decks. Hello and welcome to the Mix Minus special on Star Trek colon Lower Decks. I believe, is that is that actually how it how it is written? Star you know Trek, what I was calling it? Decks? What? I was calling it Below Deck for <laughs> a couple of weeks. It is. It's actually, it's called Below Deck. It's a, it's a Star Trek theory series about how private citizens uh, book the captain's yacht and the people that attend to it, uh, you know, and, and all the shit that they have to go through for it. I'm sure. Uh, you Have you ever watched Below Decks? The actual? I have. I think that's okay. why I got so confused because I've been an avid Below Decks, not the recent couple of seasons, but until then I was like an avid Below Deck fan. Well, there you go. It was an easy mistake to make. Now, I know you might be asking yourself, dear video watcher, hey, what's going on here? Uh, who are these guys and what the hell are they talking about? Well, we do a normal podcast. Well, I don't know. We, we do a podcast called, <laughs> called Mix Minus, which you can hear every Saturday night streamed over at pride48.com. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Mix Minus, or at our website, mixminuspodcast.com. Uh, but since we decided to talk about Lower Decks for the 10 episode run, this uh, first inaugural season of it, we decided we would put this out as a little extra, you know, for that. So if uh, if at any point you, fi- you know, feel the need or the desire to make sure you head over and check out our podcast, Mix Minus. There, did I say it? Did I say it enough? Did I say Mix it's Minus enough? It's at com. Right. But here today we want to talk about uh, Star Trek colon Lower Decks. Um, I really hope that that is the title because I've said that twice. I'm going to go over here to the uh, CBS page and, and see that. Adam, uh, what exactly were you expecting when you when you tuned in to Star Trek Lower Decks? Well, Excuse I'll, me, I'll, Star Trek colon Lower Decks. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so first of all, I was expecting a cartoon. So, yes. you know, I, I was, you know, I wasn't disappointed there. It was a cartoon. Yes. yes. Um, I also was expecting, I believe that the folks who did this or produced this or were involved with this were also involved in another cartoon that was very, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I just want to say like adult swim sort of feel like. Yeah. Like Rick and Morty. Right. That was it. It was Rick and Morty. It was exactly yeah, it was. Rick and Morty. It was. And, and in fact, yes, uh, the the uh, the person, the showrunner of this particular show was a writer on Rick and Morty. Yes. So, you know, I thought, hmm, we'll see how I like this, because I figured it was going to be a little bit more. um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't have a term for it, but Rick and Morty-ish than Star Trek-ish. So, okay, I, well, right. but I mean, you're you're saying things that, you know, we all knew it was going to be an animated show. Or whatever. I right. guess, were you expecting like a serious show? Were you, you were expecting it to be a comedy, yes. Yes, I was expecting okay. it to be a comedy, and I did watch the trailer when it came out, and I knew that it focused on the, you know, the grunts down in the lower decks or whatever. And the grunts uh, on the lower decks, kind sorry. of making fun of the, the officers on the bridge, we'll say. Okay. Well, the, the show starts by introducing us to the crew of the USS Cerritos, which is a starship vessel that specializes in second contact. Um, these are the guys that come in after the big first name ships like the Enterprise or the Quitos go in and make first contact and do all the heroic things. These are the guys that come in later and make sure all the paperwork is done correctly and uh, serve a very vital function in Starfleet. Um the crew uh, is taking on some new recruits. That is where we meet uh, one of our newbies, which is Ensign Tindy. Um, she is a green alien. I don't know the race. They haven't told us yet, but she's a green alien. A brand new medical officer in training on the ship. Uh, and she is introduced to uh, Ensign Boimler, who is her liaison to uh, give her the, the, what is it? Uh, He's going to give her a tour of the ship and let her know what her responsibilities are going to be and introduce yeah, her like to her, everyone. Like her, onboarding, like her onboarding coach or whatever, it's right? Kinda like, it's right. kind of like when you go to college for the first time and you go to the, the orientation or whatever and there's someone that like walks, you know, takes small groups around the campus and tells you stuff. That's what yeah. he's going to do. He's also the one before, and I don't know if you were going to say this, so I, I won't, but before she gets on the ship, there's a whole scene and apparently... He is, Boimler is really keen on moving up the ranks and becoming captain. And so he's actually doing a captain's log in like some broom closet or something. Yes. He is so. pretending to be the captain. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's that. We can talk about that. Let me, I'm just, let me get through the, the episode okay. recap here. Basically we meet uh, Ensign Boimler and his uh, cohort, uh, Beckett Mariner, uh, Ensign Mariner, who they're both in the command uh, uh, track. Uh, as I said before, Tindy is in the medical track. And then the final fourth uh, member the, that makes up going to be the core group that we're going to be focused on going forward is Ensign Rutherford, who is in engineering. He is a uh, engineer who has recently, either through accident or choice, has decided to become part cyborg. So uh, he has a Vulcan cyborg piece on his head that uh, controls his eye and, and part of his, his wiring his brain wearing that we're told. So, so those are your four main characters of the show. Adam, what did you think of just the, the core cast? Those are going to be the people that we're going to be focusing on for the next 10 episodes. What did you think I, of that cast? I'm still warming up to the whole comedy idea. I'm going to tell you. And also, and also the whole bit where she, uh, Mariner, I believe is her, is her name. Yes. Um, she actually cuts his leg with a bat lift or however yes. you say that. And his leg actually like splits open and I'm like, oh God, it's going to be one of those where like they're going to do like crazy shit. You know, it's going to be like, they are. I don't know. But I, I, I think, I think that was cool. I, 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 it's like they went there, right? It's just like, yeah, it's the 24th century. Okay. You slice your leg open. No problem. We've got these things that'll, that'll fix that. No problem. Big deal. No I, big deal. I do like, I, I have to admit like the whole cyborg thing. And he was like, well, it's not, it's still not working quite right. And like he kept having little glitches yes. and stuff like that. I really liked that a lot. I thought that was really funny because you never think, I think the whole thing about this show is going to be, it's stuff that you didn't really ever think about, but then it makes sense. Like I, I never even thought about 
second contact. Like, right. That yeah. never even crossed my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, probably there was somebody who went. Yeah, yeah, there's thousands of uh, officers, there's thousands of people in Star Trek. They can't, I mean, in Starfleet, they can't all be Kirks and Spocks and, and uh, Rikers and, and Picards, right? There's got to be some people that do the actual work. Um, I cannot do, you know, so this show is going to take its focus on the non-bridge crew. These are the the ensigns that are down, uh, you know, running in the bowels of the ship. There's a, there's a funny little sight gag where Boimler is pointing out the map of the ship, of the Ceratos. He's like going, oh, over here we have sleeping quarters, then we have ops, and no more ops over here, some more ops over here. And if you've ever looked at a blueprint of a Starfleet vessel, a Starfleet vessel, there is a whole lot of ops rooms on that thing and no restrooms <laughs> listed anywhere at all. Uh, so these are the below decks people that we're uh, going to be going through this. They apparently with. don't pee on don't, starships. Well, However, they did when you they know were. What? When, I would like to think that in the 24th century is just it's just, uh, you know, transported out somewhere. It's like you just oh. hit a button and they just transport your pee out of your bladder and just out into space. You just say, excuse me, um, I'm, I'm going to relieve myself. And you just hit a button on your little, uh, yeah, exactly. you know com badge or something right what, yeah now one thing they did do so they and this was discussed in a podcast that i uh listened to and there was discussion about where they live is like behind the nacelles or <laughs> yeah. whatever it, it is it is a definite nod to cruise ship uh employees that like you know sleep in the bowels of the ship and what looks like hallways and these tiny little windowless rooms but yes they're they're, they're kind of tucked in in the back part of the ship yeah in a hallway yeah. And they go there on their little tour and some guy is like had just taken a shower. And so he's coming out like with the towel wrapped around. Anyway, that was funny. But well, our first stop, uh, our first real stop on the tour of the ship that uh, Mariner kind of takes over the tour and, and takes Tendi to the holodeck where we get to see anything that you could possibly see. So uh, Mariner conjures up a beach in Hawaii. Uh, Tendi conjures up some religious place in our homeworld that she's never seen. I didn't catch the name of that. Sorry about that. And of course, Boimler conjures up the bridge. No, the warp no, core. No, the warp core. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> It was the warp core. He, he was really. So, you know, you kind of get the idea here that Mariner is the. Uh, kind of fly by the seat of her pants, you know, damn the regulations, kind of, you know, really uh, go get them, kind of uh, screw the regulations, kind of your, your ensign row kind of a person there. And Boimler, yeah. of course, is very much by the book. He's like, he's your, he's your human data, right? He's the very much wants to go by regulations, is very uncomfortable doing anything outside of regulations. What's the greatest thing in the world? That's the bridge, the warp core. These are the greatest things in the world. Why would I want to go in a holodeck and, you know, have some naked gym or whatever? It's, uh, I, I would want to go to the warp core. We also learned that she's apparently, Mariner, that is, mm -hmm. has, this is not her first time on a ship. Correct. And this is not her first ship. So she yeah. was on another ship and apparently did something wrong, pissed somebody off. I don't know. Yeah. And she was thrown off that ship. And then this was like a... a Second assignment or something. So well, we we find out later that she's been on five ships, uh, five previous ships. Oh, this is her fifth ship. I I can't talk. This is her fifth ship that she's been on. Um, but yes. Yeah, so we we go along. They get the tour of the ship, and then they get their first assignment, which of course they are in, orbiting this planet whose name I forget. I'll put it in somewhere down here. Um, and uh, they're establishing second contact. Uh, so they're going to set up some kind of subspace array, some kind of techno talk thing, communications array that they're going to do. And so our intrepid adventurers, the uh, Mariner and Boimler, are down on the planet actually trying to uh, set up this this uh, communications array. And 
uh, Mariner sneaks off and the captain had previously asked Boimler to track her because she wants him to find her breaking some kind of regulation so that she can uh, discipline her. Yes. Yes. So uh, she goes off. She finds uh, these two little aliens. Well, she's she's doing something with two little aliens when Boimler happens across her and accuses her of selling technology. And it turns out she's just giving farm equipment to these uh, farmers. Um, and it turns out that she knew about them because she was on the ship that made the first contact with the planet before she got removed from, uh, got kicked off that ship and got put on the Cerritos. So she, yeah, he thought she was selling weapons. Yes. And so he was like, right. you can't sell weapons. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think she was technically wasn't supposed to be selling and or giving farm equipment either. Right. Well, I think the exchange but, showed that she is way more familiar with regulations than he is. And that the the point, point was that she definitely knew what she was doing. She, she was aware of the fact that she was breaking regulations, but she was doing it. And her explanation for it was, is that, look, why should I have to wait? Why should these guys have to wait for all the bureaucracy and Starfleet to realize that they need help? They need help right now. And I can give them some farm equipment, you know, a hoe and a, and a shovel, which is really easy for me to give to them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Meanwhile, back up on the ship, uh, Ensign Tendi is on a date with some other unknown Ensign. We, we don't know who she is. Uh, she, she's given a name, but she's not a main character, so I really didn't write it down or, or commit it to memory. Uh, but during this date, early in this date, it turns out that the first officer who had been down on the planet earlier and had gotten bitten by a bug uh, now has turned into a zombie. He's turned into a, a full-on, weird, uh, flesh-eating zombie kind of a guy infecting other people around the ship uh, right in the middle of their date. I'm sure there's an episode that closer that matches this closer, but there's an episode of Next Generation where they all turn into, like, devolved versions of themselves. Like, <laughs> yes, one yes. of them's a spider and one of them's, like, a, I don't know, Neanderthal yes. or however you yes. say that. And I love that episode, but a lot of people hate that episode. This reminded me a lot of that, though. I mean, they didn't turn into creatures, but they were all, you know. Yeah, just just basically mindless eating. Of, yeah, you know, they're basically zombies, Starfleet zombies going around puking on each other and, and biting each other. And this is when uh, our incentendi, our new medical person, shows up in, in medical t- for her assignment and is immediately runs into chaos and is put to work uh, tending for these people that are that are infected with this new. I believe she was manually thing. beating the heart. She, of, uh, yes, the 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 doctor who's got a name, the the main doctor who is one of the senior officers, Doctor Tiana. Uh, so the the main doctor of the ship, which is a Cetacean named Tiana, uh, yeah, hands her the human heart of someone who is dying on the table and instructs her to beat the uh, the heart and to not pass out. So. That, that's where we leave uh, in Centendi. As we go back to the date between Rutherford and his date, uh, they're now just uh, basically talking normal date kind of talk while all of this chaos ensues around them and they're shooting phasers at each other and doing all these really urgent things and then immediately talking about their favorite bands and their favorite uh, activities and what part of the ships they're on and, and the kind of things that they like to do. Just, you know, typical first first date kind of a talk there. Uh, they shoot their way through a whole bunch of zombies and go to the turbo lift to get away and the turbo lift won't quite open but they manage to get inside and then 
Ensign No Name Lady kisses uh, Rutherford, and uh, he's completely uninterested because he's more concerned as to why the door didn't open in a red red alert situation. Yeah, you know. So it very similar to to Boimler, who who we you know learned yes. more about earlier in the episode, where you know he's really concerned with you know knowing everything about the ship and procedures and all that, and anyone and she just he completely lost interest when he found out. You know she didn't really care about that. She just wanted to make out basically so of course it all ends up with uh, the the goo that was on boimler earlier being the actual thing that will reverse all the uh the the zombies folks and and save the day the doctor smells it on them and uh basically says this slime is very important uh you know this ensign is worthless but this slime is important get him to sick bay uh she formalizes a uh, a cure for the entire crew and of course just like any good star trek episode everyone is magically uh fixed uh, the story is neatly tied up at the end uh we just didn't actually see it happen which is like she, we're in for the for the backseat view of all, this particular ship uh she i believe she formulated not formulized but uh also she uh she very typical of star trek she uh was able to put the the um cure somehow into the air system and it <laughs> got air system, sprayed yeah. out you know aerosolized or whatever the word is aerosol yeah exactly into it's a, the, in into the 24th the century aerosols yeah. are very important i, I don't think yeah. you could can't uh overstate just how important aerosols in are in the 24th century uh one of the things i really liked about this this show is the fact that we are concentrating on non-main characters and when i was listening to an interview that uh will wheaton had done with the uh art director and the, the showrunner of the show they had pointed out that they actually write each episode so that there is a main storyline going on that the bridge crew is taking place you know is 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 actually engaging in there is a if it were a regular star trek episode it would be the main thing that you were seeing on screen but lower decks right. concentrates on the other stories that are happening around that main uh event that's happening so the really big uh ship threatening crisis that happens every week is still happening but it's not like these guys are the intimately involved in what's happening they're still just kind of living their lives and going around and i can imagine you know, after after going through 50 or 60 of those things, you kind of realize, ah, oh, they'll fix it. It's, I'll be fine. I'll be doing my stuff over here. That Somebody up there will fix it and uh, it will move on with our lives. Well, also, you know, you see uh, the yeah. And so, yeah, I, I did notice, you know, you do have that main story, but it's it's more about how the Lower Decks folks, what they're do, doing during that story and, and, and that sort of thing. But um, the other thing is Star Trek, you don't normally have a sense of anyone being jealous of or 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 having any yeah. it's all very happy happy you know everyone loves each other whatever but these lower decks people are always like oh those bridge people all those first off you know they're so full of themselves and you know all this kind of stuff so so you see right. things that like you never you never see and they and I, I, I think you can draw a lot of analogies between that and the modern workplace, right? It's like you may may or may not, depending on the size of company you work for, you may or may not see the CEO and the upper uh, executive leader team, leadership team or whatever. You may not see them on a day-to-day -day basis. You just see them like in weird communications or like on some kind of videoed all-hand meetings or up on stage when we used to be able to be in the same room with everyone. Um, you know, those are not your peers, right? Those are your bosses, right? So you can think really weird things about it. You can think that they're great. You can think that they're idiots. You can think whatever, but you're not really involved in their day-to-day -day life. So you don't see 
all the things that go into making those decisions. When you watch Star Trek, you know, Picard and Riker those, and the whole bridge crew, those are the bosses, right? And we, as the viewer, are kind of in their circle. We understand what they're doing because we see them doing it. We're not their employees that are, you know, somewhere back that are getting yelled at being like, hey, go and plug that thing in and go do this other thing, right? That's, yeah. so it's, it's a, it's a nice paradigm shift where you're actually like, okay, I'm now kind of with these people on the lower deck. So I'm experiencing as if I were, you know, a fellow cast, you know, a crew member on this ship and the first officer and the whole bridge crew aren't necessarily going to be my peers. They're going to be my bosses and I can be friendly to them. Some of them may be nice, some of them may be jerks, but that is the kind of interaction that we have with them, which is more employee kind of manager boss than, uh, than peer. Does that make any sense? Or did I, did I go too far on that? No, it makes complete sense, but I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, one thing you didn't mention in the recap is we find out that Mariner is actually the daughter of the captain. Well, I didn't mention that because that's like that's the last thing we find. That's the right. that's the, the the twist at the end is we find out the reason that the captain has been so invested in trying to get Mariner in trouble is that it's her daughter. She's not scared of the captain. She treats the captain with you know the way that a daughter would treat her mother. Right? It's right. like ah, oh, stupid mom. You know, or but doesn't actually say the word mom. So it's kind of a a little uh, surprise at the end that why the captain has such a, a, a boner against uh, Mariner turns out that it's her daughter and also turns out that her husband is an admiral. So you have, uh, he has the ability to reassign her to different ships and whatnot. So. Yeah. And he hangs up on the captain when well, she he tries called. to hang up. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, I think overall I'm very hopeful about the series. I really liked it a lot. I, I know that people online, uh, you know, get into the, not all people online, but there's like this very minority, you know, vocal minority of people that really like the Star Trek, the original series and any deviation from that whatsoever is immediately a thing to hate and to, uh, you know, to, to poo poo upon. And then I feel like the next generation that came up, no pun intended, like Star Trek next generation and anything that's not that is something that is poo pooed upon. Uh, you know, why deep space nine and Voyager kind of so closely tracked to that. But when you had something that veered away from that, IE enterprise, suddenly it was a, you know, a horrible series that everyone hated, even though I kind of liked it. So just to get all my cards on the table, I've liked all the Star Trek, uh, series that have been out there, including discovery, which I love and, uh, including enterprise, which I also love. So I really like this show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week. So anyone who's new to me who doesn't watch Mix Minus or, or listen to any of or watch Mix Minus, listen yeah, to Mix Minus. Mix Minus. You can listen to uh, it. You, you know, you don't know about me. Uh, I will say that my dad and I, when I was growing up, used to watch um, the original series together. So that's the one night a week I got to stay up late was the original series. And I also love Next Generation. I don't like these Deep Space Nine, mainly because... They uh, stayed in one place too much for me. I really liked the going to a different place every week and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I really didn't, you know, the Deep Space Nine stuff didn't really. But all the other ones I've loved, including the CBS. In in fairness, Deep Space Nine did travel a lot, but they didn't have their own ship until like the fourth uh, season. So, yeah. yeah. So I I didn't. But but yeah, for this one, I'll say I enjoyed the first episode. Uh, It is going to take me a little bit to get used to the comedy because you don't usually see star trek as a comedy um but uh but but i did really enjoy it so i'm looking i'm also looking forward to seeing you know what they do and also kind of what comes of this uh mariner being the daughter of the captain and i'm sure that's going to play a big role in this season so 
Yeah. Well, I am looking forward to it. We've got 10 episodes, well, nine now. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen Star Trek colon Lower Decks, then uh, head over to CBS All Access. Make sure to check it out. And then come back here next week and we'll talk about episode number two. And if you just can't uh, live your entire week without getting more of us, then you can always go over to MixMinusPodcast.com. Check out our regular podcast, Mix Minus. Absolutely. So, uh, okay. Well then until next week, uh, when I'm, I, I, when I hopefully will not be wearing these big cans, I didn't even mention that, but I had my podcasting cans on here yeah. instead of my nice earbuds. Cause I'm missing a cable. Oh, anyway, that, It's a long story. You don't want to know about it. You know what? We'll talk to you next week. Bye. This show is part of the pride 48 network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride 48.com.